So, welcome to our ninth episode of the Transportation Management Podcast. This episode is about the meaning of the different times in Tor-based business objects. Um, my name is Thomas Quintus, Scrum Master in the team Fre Freight Order Management. My name is Sabine Hamlescher. I'm also working in the area of Freight Order Management, especially in the area of subcontracting. Tendering. My name is Bernard Hauser. I'm also a developer in the team and mainly concerned with execution um, topics. I'm Derek Lukawa. I'm developer in freight order management team and I'm working on execution topic. So. Yeah, and my name is Bernd Dietrich and yeah, I also work in freight order management team. Okay. So let's start. Well, first, maybe short expectation setting. Yeah. Um, my, my vision is I would be happy if um, I had, let's say, a kind of a diagram when leaving this room, which tells me um, what the meaning of each and every time-related field um, in a TOR object is uh, dependent on the TOR category, let's say. What a dream. Yeah, so <laughs> let's work on it. Let's say maybe we have an audio version of the diagram um, after that. And everybody on the phone, feel free uh, to visualize that. Otherwise, we may have to do that as well. Huh? Okay. Maybe let's start, let's start with our first um, BO category. What about the freight units? Yeah, maybe first, uh, as, as very first, uh, to, to start with the diagram, I think we have to talk about the, say, physical places where we store all that different times. And it's a lot of them, as we will see later, but uh, that's maybe the challenging part of the news. And the good news is it's all on the same BO node. So we now can already do a shameless plug to our episode eight, right? BO tour, I think it was episode eight. So that is a prerequisite uh, for that uh, episode here. Where we already talked about the different BO nodes and one is a stop node. As already mentioned, the stop node covers all geography, location information and everything related to times. So if you look for times in tour, Object And as remember from the last episode, TOR is freight units, freight orders, booking, and now also railcar units, as we call them now, eh? railcar documents. Um, the only place of truth is the stop node. There are some, let's say, for sake of simplification and, and queries, etc. We also have some other places where we replicate that times too, but the definition of the times is always done in the stop node in some fields. And we come to that fields step by step, time by time, as time goes by. Okay, then what about the stops in freight units? Which kind of times do they carry? Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, let's start with the freight units. Freight units are our transportation requirements. So that is where the actual transportation demand is reflected. So from where to where and when. And it's not it's not only one when, yeah? but the question is typically, uh, I have a requested time window, so I have a certain wish of my customer that I should arrive there on Tuesday. Whenever on Tuesday and whenever on Tuesday um, is already two timestamps in our Understanding. We have a start of whenever Tuesday and end of. Um, by the way, short general remark, all times in TM and in every newer SAP application is always stored on a database as a so-called UTC timestamp, which is a time zone independent date plus time format. That's it. So if you look on the database, you will always see the times in a kind of a String which looks like 2013 uh, 05 for 5th of May. Oh, now the direction is <laughs> okay. First month, then uh, the day, and then the hours, then the minutes, then the seconds. No microseconds in our standard times. But we always go down to the second, and then always UTC time. So it's uh, it's always normalized to what is it, universal time C. <laughs> whatever that means. So it's a Greenwich time without any um, 
daylight saving times consideration, etc. So that is one general remark. The conversion into the different time zones is something we, ah, another plug, <laughs> which we already talked about in the UI session. Yeah, we already had a UI session. That is really something only relevant for the UI. So closing the loop, coming back to our freight unit. So if I have a request that my pallet should arrive at a customer on Tuesday, the fifth of whatever months, then I would first have two timestamps. The requested start time, rec, rec time, start, huh? rec time start, rec and starts. rec starts. So thank you. <laughs> and rec end time. That is the start and the end of the requested time period. So in a very simplistic way, I have a forwarding order and somebody keys in, okay, Tuesday morning to Tuesday evening. That is my requested time period. On top, you also have some acceptable time. So if my customer wants to have it on Tuesday, but I, I must not deliver after Wednesday and must not deliver before Monday, for example, that is two more times. That's all what we call the acceptable times. Ak start and ak end, I think, on, on a BO node on a database. So that is the second half of it. So that is only one side. We already now have four times the wish period of the customer, requested start, requested end, and the acceptable start and acceptable end on a freight unit. And this is per stop, as mentioned before, we're on stop lab. So we have that one thing, one stop would be the customer stop, so the inbound stop at the customer side. And we have it similarly on the outbound side, so on our plant. Before the material is not available, it's hard to ship in today's physical environment, at least if we don't have a time gap or something. Um, we can only ship after material is available. So that gives us an acceptable start time again for transportation for the pickup. Same for the end. If it's, uh, I must not ship that after a certain time. And I also have a requested start time. So that is already it for the freight unit time. So I have to summarize per stop, per for the pickup, and for the delivery stop, and for each and every transit stop, if I need them, I can define a requested time interval and an acceptable time interval. But does this mean does this, that these times are always filled for each stop, all the four no, times? Are, not what, what does it mean if, if one time field is empty then? It, it's just not specifically defined. So for example, if I don't have any acceptable end time, Let's say for internal transfer, I don't really care. It just should happen one day. But if it's this week or next week or the week after next week, I don't care. It must be cheap in the first place. Then um, I wouldn't define any acceptable end time. So that means for us, for us, which is our checks, which is the optimizer, which is the scheduler, because that acceptable times uh, are mainly an input for checks and for optimization. And for scheduler, which is two more episodes to come, um, that is then undefined. So there's no hard threshold. And if there's no wish date, there's no wish date. And we are totally free to schedule at any time. So it's really, we don't, you can't even have no time at a stop at all. So it's also okay for us. Then we are totally free. No requested mm -hmm. times here. So there's no specific requirement from our side that you must have at least one uh, time or so. Now, if you, if you go into ERP and then you look for requested start, requested end, uh, acceptable start, acceptable end, it looks pretty empty. So if you go to R3 in a sales order, purchase order, you have one date even typically only that you can enter. So next question, uh, most, most cases is, what do I do with that one time in the sales order? For example, purchase order, delivery, it's in ERP more or less everywhere the same, where I just have one requested time defined in that sales order item. Yeah. So um, in that case, we have some rules to, to build that windows because even so we have in our three only one time window, 
your customer still wants you to show up on the same day or in, within the same week or depending on, say, the priority of the order, it must be the same day or the same week. So there are some rules for building that acceptable and also the wish time window. So in the first place, if I enter a time in a sales order, the so delivery time in a sales order, it comes over into the TRQ, huh? technically as a document, which is then the input for our freight unit building. And from there, we have only one requested start time, for example, uh, for the pickup and one requested end time typically for the delivery. So it's one time only. By the way, we have a separate field for that also in our item. So we always have in our tour item, we always know the originally defined requested times from a TRQ. And then typically from ERP, if it comes from ERP, it is only one time. Requested start in the outbound side, pickup, requested end in the inbound side. So it's kind of convention on our side. Now we go and apply some rules uh, on that to make it a solid time window because if you just would keep that one requested time, the optimizer feel, would feel very comfortable and schedule somewhere. I mean, it's just a requested time. If you don't maintain any penalty costs, it's not really so important to match that time. So typically, uh, you have some additional rules on top of that. And there are two ways of defining so uh, that. That means adding these other times tries to force the optimizer, let's say, not to, well, to stick as close to the given point in time as the business use case requires, let's say. I couldn't have said it better, yes. For, for example, if uh, SAP says we have to deliver by on 5th of May, 6th mm -hmm. in the evening, we give the optimizer the, the freedom to schedule it some, let's say, four hours before. Yeah, or let's say earlier, And then now we come to our elegantly uh, hand over to uh, our default rule. So in, in the freight unit type, you can um, define how uh, you want to calculate that rules. So we have some simple rules in a freight unit, and then you can also use a condition, another plug. So first, let's start simple. So, okay, the very, the, the simplest rule uh, you could uh, imagine, and that is also um, the one that you can maintain in a freight unit, is just take over the times as they are. That's so boring that I just skipped that because it's just taking over the times as defined in the forwarding order. So I think there's nothing special to say. The times are just taking over, end of logic. Second is, uh, do not, for the pickup, do not earlier, and for the outbound side, do not pick up earlier than defined in terms of days. So round it to the full day and then that midnight or Zero, 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 zero of that day. That is the earliest pickup time. And on the customer side, typically customer would maybe accept earlier delivery, but not no delay. Then you can say acceptable end is 23.59.59 of the day. That is the latest um, delivery day, delivery time stamp for that customer Delivery. That is one rule. They say kind of round to full days, but only start for the pickup and end for delivery. Now time zones comes into play. What we do is we uh, we take that requested say let's say noon of, of a certain day, then we take the time, make it midnight, yeah, and then convert it into the local time of the location. Yeah, because midnight is different point in time every time zone. So we have mm -hmm. to round it to midnight of local time. So that is one rule. And another one that you also can define in freight unit is exactly keep that day. So if I have a certain date on a within the day, then that day must be hit. That means acceptable start and acceptable end is automatically set to midnight, midnight on that day, start of day, end of day. That's a two time stamp. That is what you can do in a freight unit, in a freight unit type you define that that rule this, this makes probably sense when sap sends only when sap tries to send only a day and yep. not a time point well technically exactly. it sends a time point mm -hmm. but if you have in as in erp only a day then you should 
Yeah, interpret and typically customers are, yeah, would say a uh, first step, delivery day is a day. Then we come to appointments and an exact time slot, but it's later. So far, we are just at the customer wish uh, side. And typically, if I get a call, then it's like Tuesday and not Tuesday, 12 a.m. from a sales perspective. Are the, um, all, also the acceptable dates, are they always taken over or does it depend on the rule whether we also set the acceptable dates? If, if the acceptable dates are already um, defined in the, for example, a good example is the material availability date from ERP. Yeah? That is considered for us always as a hard constraint, already in the outbound mapping. So that message comes already over with an acceptable start time. We say we cannot deliver before that acceptable date. In the old days, which is not so old, uh, it was also a, a problem in ERP that you cannot deliver before the requested um, delivery date. So there were some issues in ERP that you, it was just not possible to do create a delivery with a delivery time before the customer delivery date. Uh, that has been fixed meanwhile, so we don't need that acceptable anymore. But there are some hard constraints like that one, and we do just keep that. So we only apply the rules to fill initial fields. Yeah. Thanks for that uh, question. So if there is already an acceptable uh, date there, we just take that as the smarter version of that. We just fill fields which are so far initial. If this is not true, open a message, please. So that's <laughs> at least uh, our intent, yes. Yeah. So that is, this is for the requirement side? Not really. Yeah. That already is smart, but we can also... Uh, Uh, get smarter on that one or we have to get smarter uh, sometimes because as i mentioned at the very beginning that might also depend on the customer yeah? mm -hmm. and so far that rule is only defined in a freight unit type and you don't want to have a freight unit type for customer and you should not yeah so um and you don't have to or it could depend on the delivery priority or it could depend on the season or anything Depend on anything immediately leads us to our conditions. So it can be, yeah, rules based. Rules based is in TM context our BF plus uh, conditions. Plug to another episode. Then ah, TMP two, I think. Ah, there was an episode about conditions. So good to to hear. Um, also, of course, and then that is used here. So conditions short summary is a. Uh, so way where you can flexibly define the input, for example, the customer priority plus the delivery priority as input. And based on that, you get um, returns the rules. The rules in that case a bit lengthy. So the result of that condition is um, the definition of the offset. Because remember, we have one point in time. Yeah? And now that rules consist on um, the offset for early delivery. So how much earlier <laughs> Can, should I deliver that requested times, yeah, that wish time window that I calculate? How much later? It's already two fields. Huh? How much earlier for the requested times? And the same again for the acceptable times. Yeah, how much earlier do I have to, must I to perform that uh, move? Plus the rounding thing. So <laughs> uh, sorry for that, but we needed like five, six fields um, uh, as a result of that condition to completely define that requested start, requested end, acceptable start, acceptable end, plus rounding. So that is, um, yeah. Then even in that rounding, you can say only rounds the acceptable, so only the requested. All that based on customer messages, so as a market <laughs> for every single uh, field. Yeah. So that is the most sophisticated, flexible way of defining it. And for example, you could say for customer A, um, I always stick to that date and uh, or that requested time plus minus one hour. That is Walmart. I better stick uh, to that. And for others, let's say it's not only restricted to customers. For my stock transfer orders, I give myself like a week tolerance or so, two or whatever, which is both kind of location-based, but as mentioned, since it's a condition, you can also use service level as something typical, material maybe even that kind of thing. So that's already it for the requested times. With that, we have the very explicit uh, wish and acceptable time bonus for my transportation demand, the freight unit. Mm -hmm. That's already it. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, then what about the capacity side? Is it ja, we have to fulfill similarly that complicated? Or? Uh, compli was it complicated? It was only as complicated as a problem that we have to solve, I hope. Yeah, yeah but uh, no, it's getting easier now. Uh, it's less times. So if we talk about, so far we talked about the wish only, the freight unit times. Now we come to the fulfillment of that wish, which is freight order, booking order, or TU, technically, as a trailer document, uh, for example. There it's easier, yeah, I would say. We have ah, not so much similar, easy, like in the freight unit. So we have, uh, at the most important time, we have the planned transportation times. That is departure time and an outbound stop, outbound stop. Uh, is always when I leave a location, plug back to that tour session, and I have a planned trans time on the inbound stop, which is when I arrive at a location, and that is really the physical departure and arrival, planned trans time. Uh, that is really when I leave and arrive. On top of that, I also have um, some cutoff times sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. So um, for... For bookings, for example, the vessel leaves on Wednesday, but if I show up on Wednesday, I can wave to the boat, but uh, definitely I cannot join that vessel anymore. So I have a departure date on well, Wednesday, right? But I have to be there on Monday already. That is a cargo, but my cargo needs to be there on Monday. That's a cargo cutoff time. Then we have some more cutoff times, like document cutoff time. So when do I have to send the documentation to the carrier? Dangerous goods, cutoff times, cut off, uh, customs, cutoff times. But that is really only for information. There's nothing important in the sense that it needs, um, that it is reused for propagation. We come to that later. It's just for information. But we have that cargo cutoff time, which means when does my cargo need to be there? And hard constraint for times. We will see it later. Also make it into the freight unit stops. We already have seen that uh, before that if I have a hard constraint when something needs to be somewhere at my customer, that same is true for the transit stops, that is then propagated to the freight train stops, we come to that. But from a booking perspective itself, if you just look at the booking, you have the planned departure, planned arrival, and you have some cargo cutoff date, when do I need to be there? And on the receiving side, less popular, but uh, same principle, the cargo availability date. So if the vessel arrives on Friday, I cannot just uh, pick up my container on Friday, but it's next Monday or whatever time, uh, then later, typically. Yeah? So that is the times. Plus, and here slowly Sabine comes into play, we have that appointment times also, which is the loading activity. So far we talked about um, departure, arrival, and when you need my material, cargo, to be at a certain location, but um, there's also some loading activity. Um, and that loading activity is, come to the definition later, but let's say the time window for the loading activity is something in a freight order we typically call appointment time. So that's also the, yeah, the industry term. So we make an appointment for a certain stop, and that is a slot at the warehouse normally. At the warehouse, you load and unload. So that is a summary of our loading and unloading time. So if I have a freight order that uh, should pick up something on, on Tuesday, I would have a, like a loading window from 10 to 12, and I would have a planned trans time, a departure time at 12.30 or so. That's because I have to do some checkout work, etc. And that requested um, time window or loading appointment, that is on a freight order, again, reuse of fields, the requested start and requested end time. So that's my wish time window for loading activities. We also fill that, by the way, from the loading times, but we come to that linkage of the times in a minute. But let's say if you look at the freight order times, ignoring the freight units, it is the wish loading period or yeah, loading period at a pickup stop or delivery. It's a requested, start requested, and same fields as in a freight unit. There's mm -hmm. a, yeah, it's also very similar semantic. And then my must-have time window. So one, when I have to do the loading, that is an acceptable start and acceptable end. So that is a 
period of time where the loading activities must take place. Very similar to the fragment stops, same fields. Acceptable start, acceptable end, requested start, requested end. And now if I, just to close the loop, and then we come to the, because typically this appointment times are arranged by the carrier with the warehouse, and that is where our tendering and with that Sabine uh, comes into play. But just to, to finalize that wish part of it, if I now do my planning, let's say with the scheduler, we come to that later, the scheduler does, um, I have both, I have the planned departure and arrival times, and then loading activities on one freight order. Per stop, I can load as many freight units as I like. So on every freight unit, I have that wish time windows and acceptable time windows. Now the scheduler takes care that I load all the, say, 10 freight units on that one stop on the same freight order. I have one truck loading, very simplifying, 10 pallets, and every pallet is a separate freight unit. In that example, so I load the first freight unit and it takes me five minutes to load it because it's full of something very hard to load. So it takes me five minutes per pallet. And that uh, loading times um, are then considered freight unit by freight unit. So I can define for the first freight unit, I loaded from 10 to 10.05, uh, five minutes later. Second freight unit, 05 to 1010, and etc. So um, I have a lot of freight units loaded on the same stop. And the earliest loading activity and the latest loading activity are then aggregated into the requested start and requested end of the freight order, which is our wish loading period, as um, as mentioned before. Yeah. So the earliest loading activity and latest that is the what we summarize then into the requested time window, which must be within the acceptable in our hard constraint for loading here. How that loading durations are uh, determined, we come to that a bit later. But that is the principle, and that. Now is, uh, I think, a good uh, place or point uh, in time, times again, uh, to hand over to scheduling. Because typically, let's say I would do my planning, and now I have a wish. Yeah, from I want to load from 10 to 11, say, and now I send it to my carrier. And maybe, Sabine, what happens next? So what happens um, if you do a tendering, we, of course, um, submit this loading period also to the carrier because the carrier has to know when he can or when he has to load. So what we do is we submit the hard constraints along with the wish loading period. And um, as you might have heard in the um, episode about tendering, ah, it is possible to three, define... TMP3. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it is possible to define when you set up a tendering if the carrier is allowed to, to change um, stuff like price and dates. And this is exactly what you can do now. So if you allow the carrier to change the appointment, so to change the, the wish, uh, wish dates, let's say, then he can receive them and he can propose new appointments. Of course, if you submit along with the wish dates, also hard constraints, um, we take care that it's only possible for the carrier to propose new appointment dates within those hard constraints, of course. Um, then you can send this back, and when we do our evaluation, we can consider this if we think this is um, kind of important to determine if if we accept the quotation from a certain carrier or not. But anyway, if we accept the quotation and the carrier submitted a different appointment dates, different wish dates, um, we take this then afterwards over into the stops again of the freight order mm. as the dates um, as confirmed by the carrier. So we do not override our own wish dates because we want to keep them. But we now have in addition the dates confirmed by the carrier so that we know which appointments he already makes. So if we, if he, for instance, directly calls the customer um, for which this, this, um, a request for quotation was and he was able to make new appointments with the customer which are more specific or anything he can directly tell us um, those dates okay and then uh, i would have that dates as a carrier confirmed date and the tendering manager would have the choice to take them over uh, manually or not right or yeah. 
so maybe body based that so you could want to automate that in standard it's automatically taken over okay. but there's a body in place and if you do not want to take them over or if you want to override the original wish dates we have hmm? um, of course you're able to do that in a body taking over means taking over into the re carrier confirmed dates or into the, the our requested times in really. standard they are taken over into the carrier confirmed mm -hmm. dates okay. but if you want to take them over into the original wish dates mm. for any reason that's possible via mm. a body if you if you say okay my carrier does the appointment so i just take it over he knows yep. better than then you would do it with body and yeah uh, otherwise it's it's just for information okay yeah and then or for the tendering manager to take over yeah, manually. Exactly. okay i see good i think then we have a complete picture of the appointment time so the loading period for freight orders same for booking exactly mm -hmm. my matrix is coming fuller and fuller, fuller and fuller <laughs> um, there are two empty columns still um, anything to say about transportation units for example transportation units a bit in the middle right the transportation units a trailer so you have the appointment times um, on the one hand side, because you load freight units on it, and you have the um, assignment that yeah, we also have to transport it, so it also has a wish character, so a requirement character. Um, yeah, they are kind of in the middle, so the assignment, uh, the request, the time window for loading is pulled into that uh, same field, and those fields are also act for the requested assignment to a freight order, then more or less. Plus the acceptables you can set separately when does I need to couple that trailer. But besides that, it's mm. very similar. Yeah. Maybe talking about coupling and durations and also loading durations mainly. Maybe we haven't talked about uh, where those durations actually come from for both for the loading duration and also transportation. Duration. We only talked about times so far. So maybe just take some minutes to talk about where does the duration actually come from? Because I have a, yeah, to get from A to B, I have a transportation duration, which is a, which is coming from the lane distance and duration determination. Uh, so from the lanes, simplifying um, a bit. Um, and that is stored then on the stage, on the freight order stage. We store that net duration how long does it physically take to get from a to b that can can consider speed profiles gis data etc but that's for another episode then for gis and geography the other one is the loading and unloading durations uh, that we have so loading unloading durations can be um basically you define in the planning profile in the relevant planning profile how do i calculate that loading unloading durations one um, opportunity or one option is just to have a, like a flat loading duration per freight units, like five minutes, whatever, more to get started. Another one is you can define it means of transport specific, but still flat per freight unit. Yeah? And then finally a condition again. So you can define a condition which defines based on weight and means of transport. For example, okay, I have, and that's the means of transport of the capacity that you use. Uh, I have a loading duration of, let's, for example, five minutes per pallet. Then I can have, since it's a condition, it's BF plus. I can have a formula, for example, in BF plus, which calculates that duration then. Or I can have just a simple decision table. Okay. One pallet, five minutes, two pallets, 10 minutes, three pallets, 12 minutes. So uh, that, that's of course also possible. I think that loading duration is very good candidate for that formula based, uh, um, conditions. Huh? Forward plug, we plan to have a, uh, advanced condition setting, uh, condition episode, uh, as the next one. So that's a loading duration. That loading duration is calculated per freight unit and means of transport. Uh, why is that? Typically the optimizer, um, the optimizer can also add some stops to a freight unit, so some transit uh, locations. And since we do not know that transit locations beforehand, but still we need some loading unloading durations, we have to provide it kind of location independent, which is, I know, in some cases not very nice. So you cannot define, I if I unload a freight unit at location A, it takes X and at another location, it's different. At least if I have a multi 
or if I have several stages for a freight unit, if I just have a freight unit that goes from A to B without any transit location, I, I can, of course, take the pickup location for loading and the delivery location for unloading. But as soon as that same freight unit has a transit stop in the middle, you you cannot use that for the loading time duration. Could you, for instance, let it depend on some handling equipment or so, which you have somewhere, for instance, if you have a crane, you might be faster than if you have to carry it by hand. I don't know. That is Could be the, that model mm, somehow. Implicitly, yes. But since we don't have an assignment mm. for to a certain handling equipment for, you know, we have the handling resource, of course, and you can use that one um, as input. But as I said, it is per freight unit and you have to define it even before you have assigned the freight unit to something because that is also input to the optimizer so we may get ideas on that one later but really it must be driven by the freight unit and the means of transport itself as said because it is can be defined even before you assign it to a certain resource and then the freight unit could go through location a b c d yeah. alternatively that would need would force us to calculate all the possible loading durations beforehand. Why is that? The optimizer gets all the input it needs and then returns in one go all the output. So it must be done already uh, beforehand. So that's the reason why we have a certain limitation here, that it really must only depend on freight unit attributes and the means of transport additionally. Yeah. And as yeah. That's it. Loading duration I already explained. And that one, the freight unit times, that loading duration is stored on the freight unit stop. So the loading duration is stored on the outbound freight unit stop and the unloading on the inbound freight unit stops per freight unit. And then, elegantly, if Leon, we haven't mentioned that time, uh, the, that is the loading duration. But the start of loading of that single freight unit, that is defined in the Assignment start time and assignment end time. Yeah, that's when do I start assigning and end assigning? That's also used on the inbound side for the unloading. And then, of course, assignment start, assignment end sounds a bit strange. It's more unassignment start, unassignment end, but we don't want to explode our times. And that's why we use the same field. So on the outbound stop, assignment start, assignment end is start and end of loading or for TU coupling. And on the inbound stop, it's start and end of unloading. And then, the, as mentioned, the minimum of that freight unit loading time, this is the earliest loading time of a freight unit assigned to a freight order on a certain stop, is the start of that requested loading period. And the latest one is the end of that requested loading period. Yeah, and now um, I think we have touched all times that we have, but there's one timestamp left, and that's the so-called cell time. It doesn't stand for seltsam uh, in German or strange, but it's for selection time originally. The idea behind that is uh, to have kind of one normalized time per stop, which you, for example, can use for a query. Two reasons. One is uh, performance. If you have like six different times, and a freight unit has four for the wish, and two for the assignment start end six times. Now, if you make a query on that, um, the performance reason is way better if you have just one time and then use it because times are, of course, very often used for selection also. So it's not exotic. It's normal that you use the time for selection and use the times. And that's why we have that selection time, which is kind of the most uh, copy yeah, of the most important time of that stop. For example, for Freight order, the planned departure, planned trans time is considered as the most important one uh, for the freight units assignment times, etc. And then if I only have requested, hmm. uh, if I only have, if I have requested and acceptable, the requests are taken. If I only have acceptables, then accept so it's kind of a fallback. And who logic. decides what the most important Us. time zone? Uh, Our decision. Hard-coded. <laughs> it's hard-coded. Uh, there's a, it's hard-coded, but it's in a separate method in the stop helper where you can uh, change that selection time with an mm. uh, yeah, enhancement in the coding. Basically, but so far, we never had that. If that selection time is used or not is um, defined in the selection profile and also in the query, you can define if you want to use it or not, please use it. Otherwise, it can get very slow because it's kind of or, 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 or. 
And one side is the performance. The other side is the expected results. Because if I have an example before, I have a freight unit, which has an acceptable start Monday, requested Tuesday morning, requested start Tuesday morning, requested end Tuesday evening, and acceptable uh, end, uh, uh, say, Wednesday. And now I select everything for, say, Tuesday. So now I have quite some times falling, uh, which I could check or exclude. If I say only Tuesday, then if I have only requested or only acceptable, so that gets very complicated also. That's why it also makes sense to define that most important time, let's say, logically or from a business perspective. So that is that selection time. Yeah. Okay. No. All timestamps yeah. covered. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but we're not through. So, what else? Um, yeah, now we have to, how do we fill that time? So I already talk, start talking about the scheduler and the optimizer. So um, next question is uh, how we talked about that requested times and we easily, we haven't talked about it, but next thing is, of course, I also have opening hours uh, to be considered at a certain location. There's a calendar, the resource uh, may have a certain durations uh, where it works or time slots where it works. Um, then you have uh, DOT kind of uh, um, Department of Transportation rules, driving time rules that you can also uh, may need to consider for your time determination. And that time determination for us is the scheduling. I mean, that is will be a separate uh, episode as well. But high level, the um, what the scheduler does, it, it takes all the input that we just talked about so the freight unit requested times the freight order acceptable time windows that hard defined appointments then the opening uh, tower, uh, times of a resource then the load uh, what was called the uh, that um, driving time constraints what else uh, opening on um, yeah all kind of constraints that you have for time then also that i only can use this one resource one time in parallel. Mm -hmm. So all, all that is taken by the optimizer and the scheduler. And then it returns us just two times, the planned runs time, outbound and inbound, and the assignment start end. Yeah, that is the result of that scheduling. Sounds simple, but since it has to consider so many things, it still can also, you can also have situation where it's just not possible if I have like a transportation time of one week, and I say my, I have to pick up hard hardly defined on Monday and to deliver on Tuesday, it's just not possible to schedule that. Or I have a hard constraint to deliver on a certain um, day and then there's no work in that the resource that I have, the location, that opening hours, by the way, are modeled with handling resources defined for the location, either generically or means of transport specific. Um, if I then define I have to deliver on Sunday and then there's not working on Sunday, it's also not possible to schedule. But besides that, it tries to schedule considering all that constraints. Same is true for the optimizer. And the result of that is planned run time, so departure arrival times, and loading, unloading, respectively coupling and coupling time, not more. And then we take that again and translate it into our wish loading window. Yeah. That's high, very high level, but the scheduler does, but definitely that needs a Special, uh, special episode. episode. Yeah. And now we have all our times. Let's say we planned the first stage or we planned the main leg. That's maybe a better example. Plan the main leg and we have a acceptable time or we have a cargo cutoff time. So my cargo must be on a certain uh, look on a loading, port of loading on say Tuesday morning. Yeah. Pre-leg, main-leg, uh, subsequent leg. And uh, now we come to the nice topic of time propagation. Because if I have a uh, um, mm, cargo cutoff time on Tuesday morning, I need to be there on Tuesday morning. And being there on Tuesday morning means that the predecessor stage of the freight unit, the one that delivers to that port, must be there on Tuesday morning. And we make basically we make sure that that happens. So if I have a planned departure time or loading time, which is earlier typically than departure, or cargo cutoff time, which is typically even earlier than that, we take that time and put it into the acceptable end time of the predecessor 
stage, actually the inbound stop at that same location. That is for the predecessors. Same thing mirrored for the outbound stop for the next door. If I have an arrival at a certain location, vessel arrives, plus an effort unloading, plus I have a cargo availability date, this is, this is the acceptable start time for the next stop. So basically the planning on one stage has an effect on the other stages. It's not always a positive effect. It can also cause some problems because I planned my first stage and now I change the um, the cargo cutoff date of the main leg and now I can have a problem because I, my vessel leaves a day earlier so my cargo cutoff is a day earlier and they planned with the old date so far and now I have a conflict and maybe Daria you can explain a bit on what's happening then uh, in that case. Yeah, thank you, um, Ben. And um, as a cross-document time check is intended to uh, to um, to check that there are any time conflict between the uh, business document and its predecessor and successor documents. And um, actually, uh, this uh, time conflict is um, um, is between. Um, Che uh, checks between the arrival and destination, arrival and departure days, and uh, availability and cutoff days uh, of the um, subsequent freight documents. And uh, for example, um, um, for example, if we have a freight unit that is uh, planned um, on different stages. Uh, for example, we have uh, two or three stages uh, assigned to this freight unit, uh, this pre-carriage stage, main carriage mm -hmm. and uncarriage stage, and uh, this all stage are planned. Mm -hmm. And we have a correspondent freight order, freight booking, and on-carriage freight order for this. And uh, they have, for example, um, the arrival date or the pre-carriage freight order uh, is later than their, for example, cut-off days of uh, the freight booking. Then in this case, they have a time conflict for these both documents and uh, the corresponding status, cross document time status is set for both documents. To conflict. To right? conflict, yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is actually the, the um, idea of this uh, cross document time check. That, that is also persisted then, right? So it's on the database? You yeah, this is uh, persistent in the database. And uh, this cross-document time check is performed automatically uh, when you save the document or um, uh, or you can start it uh, manually. And uh, um, this uh, the corresponding status is a cross-document time status is uh, uh, indicated as a traffic light mm -hmm. in the business document. Okay. So just to wrap up, so I enter the cutoff time of, say, Monday now. Mm -hmm. yeah? Monday noon, that is my new cutoff time. My predecessor stage now gets that acceptable end time for the month yeah. of Monday noon. And I think we compare then that acceptable end time, Monday noon, against the latest activity, which is the unloading activity of the freight unit. And that if that is after that... Uh, Monday noon timestamp, mm -hmm. then the stage has a problem, right? It arrives too late. Yeah. And vice versa, since the, yeah, we also have the departure well, planned or acceptable time on the other side. And the arrival of the predecessor stage is on Tuesday noon. Mm -hmm. Then now the, the, yeah, the acceptable time for the main leg stage. It's also Tuesday noon now because the arrival of the predecessor stage is mm -hmm. there. And, but my loading activity is Monday afternoon or so. I have also a conflict. So typically, if I have a conflict, I would have it on both sides, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not that the one is too late and the other one is okay, or mm -hmm. but it's a combination of both. One is too early, the other one is too late. Too late, and a, yes, it's yes. It's always a combination. Mm -hmm. It's a combination okay. and this uh, check is, um, so this status is also mm -hmm. indicated in both affected documents. Mm -hmm. And also on the freight union stage, right? You have that planned with... On yeah. the freight union stage, you have, um, um, you have a time conflict here. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. I think the stage planning status then like planned with conflicts or something. Yeah. Yeah? It's planned, but not really good planned. Huh? So <laughs> kind of... Uh, Okay. Yeah. But I mean, 
obvious question is what, what can you do then if you have a time conflict? Yeah, okay. Um, what can you do? Uh, do uh, for example, you can just um, find out what is the reason of this uh, time conflict, right? So for this reason, you can just start with uh, uh, this uh, cross document check start uh, check, and then um, you will get some um, messages raised for uh, raised with, inform with uh, information regarding this. Uh, what kind of uh, time conflict we have here? Whether we have a time conflict with a previous stage on the for, for which freight unit and uh, on uh, on which stops. This is uh, this is mainly information. What you yeah. and what you physically can do? I mean, you have to change something because otherwise your truck arrives and waves goodbye to the vessel and vice versa. So you either have to search for different. You can ask your carrier if you would to uh, drive faster. Yeah, yes. to drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first but thing in is the worst you put, case you, yeah. you have to. You have put to it on a different booking. Exactly. You have to yeah. put it on a different booking or you have to bring it in a different way to the port faster. Mm -hmm. And you can also, of course, reschedule if that previous plan, the uh, arrival time was just based on the convenience. There was no hard reason for that. If you reschedule the predecessor stage, mm -hmm. it will now consider also that new acceptable transfer and at least try to consider it. Mention, uh, as mentioned before, of course, only if possible, would reschedule to that new arrival time. But if that is not possible because the delay is uh, too short, then you also physically have a problem, typically. Uh -huh. So either you search for a faster way of getting it there or for a later booking, basically. So that is, since that our document status is just a representation of the real-world problem, you solve it in the real world and then manifest it back uh, in our system. The only exception is maybe the rescheduling because then you would adapt the real world to your needs by rescheduling and informing your carrier or your own equipment that needs to go earlier. Yeah, I think that's that's it for the time conflict, right? The playing status was covered, timestamps. Yeah, things already it pretty much. Or did we forget something? Then it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah, if you forgot something, we just make a new episode, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> But I think it's, it's obvious that we, for example, have to talk a little bit more about scheduling. Yeah, yeah. The scheduler, what, a, what's considered there, of course. We still take it as a black box. and. Yeah, maybe yeah. now it's a bit grayer, right? It's not totally black anymore. You already know the input a bit. and But we definitely want to have a, another episode on a, the, the, yeah. concentrating on the scheduler. Okay. Good. So, so much for today. Thank you for joining and see you next time.